LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. Now, the footy season is well underway, and helpfully, the cricket season is is still going. It um, is. And um, are you looking forward to the World Cup? I love cricket. <laughs> it's my game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've been watching Australia and Pakistan, watching the IPL, looking forward to the World Cup. So yeah, Warner, Warner and Smith, are they going to make it in? Who's going to miss out? Oh, it's just these are the questions I've got. Uh, we, well, our listeners want to know. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they do. Not our are the Marsh brothers? Are the Marsh care. brothers going to make it? Are the Marsh brothers going to make the it? The Marsh brothers, yeah. Are you asking me for my so, opinion? For those of you who don't know, Derek's on the inside, so he's got to be very careful about what he says about the Australian team. Uh, Langer is regularly on the phone with Derek about the Australian team selections. Well, the one thing is not brought to you by the Australian Cricket Board. It's brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Ba, 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 ba. No, can't do that. The one thing's brought. <laughs> <laughs> and for the month of April, you've got like the a month script. of April. Yeah, I do have a script. It's like great right out there for everyone listening. It's actually on a page. All you have to do is look at it and read it. It's very simple. But at the same time, you didn't mention that. <laughs> look at it and read it at the same time. <laughs> ministry Grid. April is Ministry Grid, Lifeway Leadership Tool. It's excellent. The whole month is sponsored by Ministry Grid. Uh, training volunteers and leader, that is key if we are going to reach the last and we're going to mobilise and mature the saints. And that's where Ministry Grid comes in. 3,000 training videos. Work's already been done for you there. You don't have to create things from scratch. Uh, it's by people who are who uh, are reformed, evangelical, experienced ministry leaders, experienced in ministry. And we're partnering with Lifeway Leadership to develop Australian content. So you can customise content yourself. You can add your own videos or PDFs, whatever you want. And uh, there's, at the moment, unlimited access to train your entire church for one uh, pretty good price, actually. So go to ministrygrid.com and check it out. But for now, you press play on episode number 53 of The One Thing. We're talking about mobilising the denomination for mission. Now, Derek, you've, uh, you've worked in a denominational church? Yep, I have. But you're not an ordained minister? No. Are you part of the jaded youth today that's oft talked about who aren't a fan of denominations? I think, I, I think I'd be confident to say I'm 50% of jaded youth. <laughs> 50% of jaded youth. <laughs> no, this is, uh, this is a really helpful topic because um, that is one of the challenges, isn't it? and I think this is what we'll dig into with JD, of trying to work out how it is with institutions and denominations we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm. but at the same time, um, younger people who might think slightly differently, be working in different context, have a, a different um, a generational uh, worldview, uh, how it is that we help them engage and think wisely and well um, with an older generation and learn from them and that older generation to engage and be able to hand over authority and power. And I, I think in the context of Geneva Push, we, we work with over 10 denominations and we've been set up specifically with a vision to actually serve and support the existing denomination. Uh, Geneva Push gets alongside planters in those first uh, five years uh, and then we want to hand you know hand them over to denominations where they are going to get that continuing support. Uh, they've got access to Bible colleges, they've got institutions that will keep focusing and reminding them about uh, the mm-hmm. gospel and taking the gospel out. Uh, there's a place, there is a very much a place for uh, for denominations in the ecosystem of the church. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. So it's well, worth thinking through how that works, yep. 
Well, we're looking forward to speaking to JD. Let's listen to our conversation. It's been great hearing about Summit, uh, but your other role is the president of the largest denomination in the US, the Southern Baptists. Uh, the decline has been widely reported in the media, uh, seeing that in many denominations here in Australia, we've, we've got a similar problem. Uh, you've actually set the goal of increasing diversity among leadership, of mobilising the college generation, and, and of pulling churches around shared vision of taking the gospel out. Uh, JD, it's great to have you again on The One Thing, and we'd love to press into uh, this topic of sort of how do you, how do you mobilise a denomination? So it's great to have you, JD. It might be helpful just to sort of get a bit of a context for our Australian listeners. Can you just explain the Southern Baptists uh, in one word? <laughs> <laughs> or explain the cooperative program, explain this sort of 40,000 churches across America? Yeah, so 47,000 churches. It's not a denomination like you normally think of as a denomination because there's no hierarchy, there's no control, it's not a top-down run thing. I'm not the Pope you know, of, of Southern Baptists. Yep. Um, it, it's a voluntary cooperation by churches who come together for the purposes of of mission and ministry. And one of the centerpieces of that is a thing called the cooperative program that you referred to, where churches give a certain percentage of their income and a special offering, and that funds the various ministries of the SBC, which includes six seminaries, a North American mission board, an international mission board, and a number of of other things that that are a part of it. And it's just it's the power of being able to do things together because you're united around around the Baptist faith, the message, the Baptist faith, the message, in my opinion, is, is an ideal doctrinal document because it's it's narrow enough that it keeps us going the same direction. But it's also broad enough that it allows for you know the right kind of diversity and, and, and mm. don't have to agree on, 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 on minute things. So um, that's the basis of our unity. And like I said, it's a voluntary cooperation. So it has its uh, its its high points and its low points. But it's the it's the family that God has given us to be a part of uh, one of my um, mentors who is not a Southern Baptist, he points out that in the kingdom of God, there are institutions and there are movements. Institutions are things like the SBC. Movements are just, you know, it's, it's when somebody's ministry gets really popular. There's a new trend or something and, you know, bazillion Twitter followers and they're all the rage and they're speaking at the conferences. And he says, we're used to, to, to recognizing that institutions need movements to stay alive. But he said, what we don't talk about is how movements need institutions to have mm. power, to have state. And, and so the the SBC is, is is it's it's an institution, but because of its of its mission history, because of its its organization, it, it allows our ministry to have staying power and, and to really you know have 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 ministry that's effective for the long haul. So is that for you at Summit? Because Summit could be self contained. You could see how it could hive off and do its own thing, continue to send thousands of people out. Is is that the heart of the reason why you? And someone have chosen to engage so strongly in SBC. Yeah, that's right. And what you're right. And the word denomination obviously doesn't occur in the the New Testament, so we don't feel like this mm. is some kind of permanent thing that you know is going to be in heaven. But but what we do recognize is that cooperation between Christians is all throughout the Bible. And and, and you read mm. all in his letters, he's always trying to you know get them to give cooperatively and to you know get these people over here to help these people over here. And so we recognize that unity unity has to be around around. Truth. You know, you can't just say let's just all be unified regardless of what we believe. You have to be unified around truth. So you've got to establish like who are Christians that I feel like mine enough with that we can plant churches together and we can do ministry together. And and anytime you can cooperate with somebody, um, then you're going to end up doing ministry better than if you're doing it alone. And the, the image that God gives of the of the of the church in the New Testament is the body. And the body, if you know, the body is going to be benefited when it's connected to other parts of the body and when it's not just flying solo. So, so forty-seven thousand churches. How, how do you do this? How do you pull 
this uh, group together. I, I mentioned at the intro there that you've got three goals. Uh, I'm not too sure how long your presidency is. Is it two four-year terms? Uh, and then that's it. You can come back you know, later on in your retirement. Uh, but how, how are you going to do this over the next uh, next 10 years? Yeah, well, okay, well, it's actually shorter than that. It's only it's, sure. it's only two one-year terms. Um, that's the Two one-year terms, and it, wow. To take a break and then you can do it again. So it's not as, you know, so, it, but, and I have three girls and one boy. So my kids are the ages of 15, they're 15, 13, 11, and nine. So yeah, I'm my main responsibility is a dad. I've obviously got a church that I'm trying to lead here. Um, thankfully, God has put the people around me that um, that are able to help me in, in all the different facets of ministry, whether church or, or denomination. You know, the SBC itself, the Southern Baptist Convention, has uh, a lot of employees. I'm not the new boss. I don't like, you know, I'm not the CEO. Um, but what I do is I'm able to try to perceive the heart of God and the heart of, of, of people, the people, and say, here's the things we ought to be focusing on for the next couple of years. And, and in many ways, I, I'll kind of set the agenda and the tone. And so the things that God has put in my heart um, mm. I'll just mention them real quick, um, is that we return to being a people where the gospel is really above all, uh, meaning that there's a lot of, a lot of things we can emphasize, um, you know, politics, you can emphasize programs and styles, but we ought to be known as a gospel people where the gospel is the basis of our unity and the gospel is the substance of our mission. Uh, the second thing that, that God put in my heart was seeing the diversity in our convention be reflected in our leadership. Uh, the Southern Baptist convention ends up being one of the most diverse groups, uh, you know, the collection of churches in the world uh, of all the churches we planted last year, 63% were non-Caucasian, non-white. They were minority mm-hmm. leadership, but, but our leadership doesn't reflect that yet. So seeing that elevated, a third thing was a, a, a focus on evangelism because that's the heart of the great commission is disciples making disciples. A fourth is church planting that every church of whatever size ought to be involved in church planting domestically, internationally. The fifth is the mobilization of college students like we've seen here at the summit church. And I talked about on your, on our previous episode. And then the sixth uh, thing, is, is calling a, a, a rising generation to to own cooperative mission as as their mission and not just think of it as something that that their parents or grandparents were supposed to do and that they're just the inheritor of all these things. That makes sense. Yeah, it's good. So can I ask us a question that from two angles? One is from the people who who have traditionally been in power in the institutions. How is it you get them to uh, to hand over and think bigger gospel visions? And how is it for the young guys uh, who might be disenfranchised with the institution, a little bit jaded, and who want to just tend towards the movement all the time to think about the institution and that long term? How do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a mutual respect that goes back and forth. And obviously, you know, it can break down on either side of the partnership. On the older side, it breaks down when they don't want to share power and they get in there and they want to hold on to it forever. And, and you just watch movements, you watch institutions die. Um, you know, there's, there's got to be a willingness to... You know, I've always there's a guy named Charles Simeon who was a, a famous you know pastor 300 years ago, and and he, he just talked about how difficult it was when when it was time for him to step back from even preaching in his church and and let somebody else do it, and and we just have to teach mm. them that they've got to care more about the about the the movement of the gospel than they do sitting in the places of power. Thankfully, SBC, I've seen a number of of guys who have been willing to do that, and that's why I think we're seeing some momentum. You know, on that front, and here in the, in the United States, and the other side of the partnership is you've got to teach younger people, uh, those of us in the younger generation, that we really do, to use a cliche, stand on the shoulders. And we've, you know, there's a lot of wisdom that we have to perceive, and 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 only a fool comes in and tries to send a wrecking ball into everything and tries to rebuild it from the ground up. Um, you know, G.K. Mm-hmm. Chesterton, he, he kind of famously said that 
that um, that fences are put there by a previous generation to keep you from falling off a cliff. And before you go tearing down a fence, you should know why it's there. And so we, you know, just how do we how do we respect? How do we learn? How do we um, honor those who have come before us and and tweak the institutions to meet the demands of a new generation, but not but not destroy everything that went before us? Because like I said at the beginning, um, a movement of young people without an institution is not going to have staying power, and it's going to be like mm. a big. Um, it's almost like if you take a stick of dynamite and light it and launch it up into the air, it explodes. It's a loud bang. People for five miles around can, or, you know, five kilometers around can hear it. But but ten seconds after it went off, there's no evidence that it ever happened. And that's what a lot of movements are without the the staying power. You've got to be able to do it effectively to create something that that lasts for the next generation too. Well, JD, that's uh, been really helpful. Uh, can you just give us your one thing on mobilizing a denomination for mission? Yeah, and that is, well, you just said it, denomination exists for mission. Um, God doesn't have a mission for his church. God created a church for his mission. And denominations are tools not to protect property, not to guard <laughs> institutions. Um, God gave institutions um, as a means of accomplishing the Great Commission. And if an institution ever ceases to be effective in accomplishing the Great Commission, then it should cease to exist as an institution. Great. J.D., really appreciate having you with us this morning. Uh, look forward to uh, hearing more about God's work through Summit and, uh, and through your role uh, heading up the, uh, the Southern Baptist in the United States. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. If you like what you've heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners, so send through your questions. We want to we answer and make this podcast relevant uh, for Australian church leaders and those also listening outside of Australia. Now, as you know, we're part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Can I encourage you to check out one of our podcast partners? Have you listened at all to the EST? 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 I think it's an acronym. It is. It's a shorting of Established, the Established podcast. You can hear from uh, Sam Rayner, Micah Freeze, and Josh King. Uh, they are established church leaders, and they raise issues and topics that are helpful for the established church pastor. So topics like uh, Christian celebrity, pastor approachability. I always find it's really helpful. They've got over 200 episodes. So jump into your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. How do you deal with that, being a Christian celebrity, Scott? <laughs> I've got a wife. You've got a wife. <laughs> uh, that's good. EST, look it up in your podcast app. Thanks for joining us, uh, Pastor JD, and thank you for joining us on another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, Growth Barriers. And I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to be talking with Craig Tucker about some of the key changes that you need to make as you push through growth barriers. Love Craig Tucker. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Chat soon.